Hey everyone, it is Sean and Dave here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. We want to thank the following people for going to patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons and supporting our show. So a huge thank you to Derek Haynes. Dr. Jason Woods. Jamal Newman. Melanie Harker. Allison Keene. The one and only Sean Paul Ellis. And the amazing Dave Trumbor. Oh, thank you so much. Now, it might sound kind of weird that we are thanking some familiar people and ourselves in this list, but we want to let you listeners out there know that we are not just asking you to support us through Patreon. We are actually putting our hard-earned dollars uh, into the show as well. So we just want to say thank you to those who have supported. And for anyone who can't but would like to help, that, help out the show in some way, feel free to share our Patreon page within your social media circles. It would really help a lot. So thank you, guys. We appreciate you going to patreon.com slash Cartoons to sponsor and support our podcast. And now, on with the show. Hello, and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you with another very special episode, I'll be your co-host, Dave Trumbor, joined, as always, by the one and only, Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, bud? Uh, David, David, David. I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I'm doing real good, because we didn't have to do, like, research, or, like, learning, or, like, anything tonight. <laughs> We're just like free flowing over here. It's good stuff. It's what it's really one of those rare moments when we can slack off for the show. Like on a show built on slacking, to slack <laughs> even further is a real nice relief. I know. And you know, on that point, mm-hmm. I don't know if everybody realizes the amount of work that goes into watching usually one or two. It's probably been an hour. It's like an hour. It's like an unless you're like me and you watch them on double speed now because I've gotten into that really oh, yeah, bad yeah, habit yeah. of watching no. things on super fast double speed chipmunk voice. Yeah. I have no idea how you do that it's, and remain it's not, sane. It's not really enjoyable. I'll tell you that. Okay. I only do it when I have mm. to and it's unfortunate. <laughs> but I mean for Fair. for I usually do it when I actually really like a show, one of the first things that we watch and I'm like I could use okay. some more context or I just want like a little bit more of this. Let me see if I can squeeze one more show in. I really want to see what the rest of Ultra Force is doing. Yeah, right I now. watched that on such a high rate of speed that I never saw another frame of it. It was crazy. <laughs> it just went by so fast. That you just, and that's actually what happens when you do Zook is you yeah. just you pick up that accelerated <laughs> yeah. pace. Time slows down right. for you, so you need to speed up your YouTube video in order to. Yeah, you just balance it out, guys. Balance Trust it out. Us. That's how it works. Yeah. And speaking of how it works, what, uh, what do we got in store for tonight? What's, what's going on here? We've had a couple special episodes where we just kind of have talked about sort of the history of the podcast, shows that we've gone back and revisited after doing a, 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 an episode on them, and then also just kind of like what we've been watching um, in our downtime, in our free time, to just, just right. for fun. Uh, so yeah. yeah, that's been great. So what's left to talk about tonight? So this is something that I've actually never done before. Yeah. And Dave suggested that with all of these cartoons and with all of these IPs and, and reboots and everything and live action versions, yep. that what we do is we work on a fan cast of some of the cartoons that we've watched. So tonight we've gone back and we've looked through the 150 plus episodes of cartoons that we have watched and we've picked a couple of them. And we've created our own fan cast. And so, Dave, if I'm not familiar with a fan cast, what is a fan cast? Yeah, so, I mean, if you're familiar with the concept of, like, fan fiction, you're kind of on the right track. But rather than... That's that's that stuff that I read where all the the Harry Potter people do, like, the adult stuff that I'm just like, oh, yeah, the mature Harry Potter. The college years. Oh. (laughs) You can buy Sean and Dave's Harry Potter fanfic on Amazon.com right now. After Dark. Harry Potter After Dark. That's guaranteed 100% a thing that exists. Um, oh, God. Yeah, so if you're familiar with fanfic, then this is similar. But since we're talking about either a live-action movie or a reboot, we're talking about just basically casting a series or casting a movie. So if you wanted to see, I don't know, an Exo Squad movie, who would you pick as all of the main characters? And it's kind of just... Bruce Willis for each all character. All Definitely Bronski. All Bruce Willis. <laughs> nothing but Bruce well, Willis. Bronsky, Bruce Willis. Uh, just belting the entire time. Ron Perlman. Yeah. Also, also. Actually, that'd be pretty cool. I, want, I would Damn cast it. Ron Perlman as the exosuit and Bruce Willis as the pilot who climbs into his loving arms. So like J.T. Marshall or whatever? Yeah, J.T. Marsh. J.T. Marsh. It is Bruce Willis who climbs into Ron Perlman. <laughs> Makes sense. 
yeah that i'd watch hollywood's that. crazy watch you that. guys but no it's actually it's funny that you haven't done this because for me it's just kind of it's almost second nature because for the last seven years or so i've been you know as an entertainment reporter we get news every day that like this movie is being cast with these people or this book is being adapted with this cast stepping into these roles or this show is being rebooted or whatever so we have a lot of discussions both uh in written articles and then just discussions among ourselves like you cast Idris Elba as the gunslinger from the Dark Tower. Some people hated right. it. Some people thought it was an inspired decision and they loved it. And a lot of people are just waiting to see what they do with it. But that's just, honestly, it's just part of the job. So for me, since I also happen to like be a freak about cartoons, that's just a fun thing for me to do. And just like, just like a weird mental exercise. Just think like if these things were live action shows, and then remember that some of them have been like announced that they were going to adapt them and then nothing ever happened. So. Right. fans out there get started on like the fan casting and stuff so i was kind of surprised that you never have yeah you know i i think we've talked about this many times uh outside of the show and on the show uh, with regards to reboots and things that are, are up and coming yeah. like case in point recently they announced that there might be a reboot or a continuation of animaniacs warner right. brothers show animaniacs right. and my immediate message to dave was is this really necessary? I had to, I had to call followed by, down. <laughs> followed by what the fuck? Because it was just me screaming, no, the entire time. And Dave's like, don't worry, it's early discussions. Nothing's been set in stone. And, and nine times out of ten, sometimes these things never yeah, come to fruition. And that's usually how it happens. So this is like a real quick primer on how like entertainment news works. Some site somewhere, reputable or not, will get a little glimmer, a glimpse of something that's maybe kind of happening, usually in like a whisper down the alley version. So some, <laughs> some agent who's actually in a boardroom having these discussions, or, or a writer, who then tells his agent, this is what we talked about, who then tells his cousin, this might be a thing you want to keep an eye out for if, you're, if you want to get a pitch in, or if you want to get an audition in, who tells their agent, and it's just this trickle-down effect. And eventually it gets back to a reporter who turns we might want to reboot Animaniacs into Animaniacs reboot in the works with Steven Spielberg. So when you read that headline, you're like, holy shit, this is like a done deal. And then when you read the article, they're like, eh, they're talking about this idea. It's not set up anywhere. Steven Spielberg's not involved, but he might be maybe someday. Sure, why not? It's just, it basically took a one-sentence non-story and blew it up into a big thing that everybody then turns into like more and more uh, fake news, essentially. <laughs> I'm not saying it's you've fake to begin been with. You've been clickbait. You've been got. You've been got. You got got. Uh, uh, rule of thumb, I would say wait until there's an actual cast, release date, and director or, or in the case of movies, director. In the case of like cartoons and stuff, you don't really, they don't usually announce that. Wait until those things are announced and locked down, and then you have like a 90% chance of whatever that thing is actually happening. I mean, I don't even believe it until I'm in the theater yeah, yeah. watching it for the first, like, for the first time. Like, I have not seen Wonder Woman yet, but I also, I don't believe that Gal Gadot uh, is even Wonder Woman yet because I haven't gone to the theater. That's how I, I would say cautiously optimistic yeah. I am be. sometimes about these castings. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, you know what? <laughs> Last minute, they're going to change it up and it's going to be somebody else. And I'll be like, swindled again. Swindled. I'm already in the theater. There's nothing I can do. But if you guys out there haven't seen it and don't believe that it exists, definitely go check it out. That's all I can no, say. No, it, it 100% exists, yeah, and, and it's I'm, amazing. I'm a fool. <laughs> uh, yeah, so enough rambling from us. What, uh, what is the first show that you picked about tonight that uh, you want to talk about fan casting? I'm very curious right, to find so. out what's going on in that brain. <laughs> um, so the first thing that I decided that I wanted to go back and uh, fan cast for myself, just because I thought that it would be kind of fun, to see what would happen uh, because this show was so insane. Yeah. And because we spent, we spent so much time on this show. I mean, it was, it took a two part episode. Interesting. It did. I didn't for us that. to be able to cover. Yeah, it huh. did. I went back and I looked at Bigfoot and the muscle machine. Oh, okay. That's not where I thought you were going, but yeah. Oh, no, right. no, no. It no. totally did. So uh, episode, um, if you are looking to go back episode, uh, 120 nice. was, uh, two separate parts that we put Why? together of all the freaking cartoons I, I i think we actually took longer to discuss the we show did. than the cartoon itself it was only what like which, 10 episodes but they were short they were like 12 or 15 yeah they were like or not even i think they were like seven minutes it was like 
maybe yeah it was like maybe yeah. 10 seven minute episodes yeah. or something like that and so i just thought this would be kind of like yeah. fun and I, I want i want people to kind of fill me out on this because i kind of took this from the approach of uh the reboot for 21 jump street okay cool which is a good a good angle to take unless you're baywatch yeah. who tried and failed to do the same thing failed yeah. so try, i'm guys. not doing okay. that so uh, so keeping that in mind, this is my first fan cast for Bigfoot and the Here Muscle we go. Machines. Get ready to judge Sean. All right, get ready. Get your judgy All face right. on. Can you Yank Justice? I was gonna say, give us like a like a primer on yeah, the, yeah. the main guys. Yank Justice, our, our titular hero mm-hmm. for this, Channing Tatum. Real, that's inspired, actually. Yeah, I kind of wanted somebody uh, because I figured you I know like I've that. actually earlier this year uh was the first time that I went to a monster truck rally after oh, for real? Uh, yeah seriously in DC after we had watched uh this this cartoon nice and I really enjoyed it and had a lot of fun and so and and truth be told and this was crazy uh there are a lot of female drivers uh interesting I did a, not know that uh gravedigger you wouldn't remember really? that name female driver Wow. There are tons and tons. Uh, there was one truck called Zombie, which was really, really fun to watch. Uh, female driver. And they were all excellent. And they were kicking ass the entire time. And so I really kind of wanted something that would, I wanted somebody who would feel accessible, yeah. um, somebody who would be able to do a serious role, and somebody who kind of felt very patriotic. And I think that in some ways, uh, somebody who kind of embodied and instilled sort of america in a way but sure couldn't be who we've had play captain america and so I was just yeah like, and also could have fun with it which sometimes exact cap doesn't quite so much but because yeah. i feel like there needs to be some camp in this as well but it's one thousand one thousand percent so uh we've got uh, two female leads okay uh that are in this which are if you remember red and redder i don't want to remember okay but it's true but I said Amy Adams and Isla Fisher. Yes, finally get these two together. Right? They're the same person. They're the same human. Actually, like get them together. It was something where I was reading when I was doing some research that Isla Fisher put Amy Adams on her Christmas card at one point and her family oh. didn't notice. That's hilarious. And so I was like, this is perfect. This is what I want. And they're and they both, both redheads. Have- and they both have like really good sense of comedic timing. And yes. Amy Adams lately has not been given too much of a chance to be funny. Uh but yeah, she's hilarious. Go back and watch like Talladega Nights. People forget that she's in that. Like, yeah. she has really good comedic timing. If you're looking for a great comedy that she's in, uh, one that probably was really critically panned that you should definitely go back and watch, it's uh, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think critics really appreciated the comedic, like, sort of really sharp, biting satire. <laughs> really? It's so satirical that they were satirizing themselves in the process. <laughs> like, while you're watching, it's like real time satire. It's amazing. All right. Uh, we've got uh, Professor. Oh, can I, hold on. Can yeah. I can I do some? Uh, can I throw some understudies in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For them. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yes. And um, if you it, say what's... Emma Stone, Emma Stone. No, 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 no. no? I was gonna go the other kind of like taller uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and the girl who always gets confused for Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard Jr. Bryce Dallas Howard Jr. Perfect. Why she was from uh, Crimson Peak. Hmm. Now we're gonna bell bud. Lawless. My oh, God. Oh my you, God. You, you continue and I'll look it up because it's gonna drive me crazy. Okay. All right. Uh, for Professor D. Okay. Who is? Uh, I have this as Neil deGrasse Tyson. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and. Does he still have his armadillo? He does, but it's played by a real armadillo. Nice. I like it. So not like Rocket yeah. Raccoon style. No, Jessica Chastain. Oh, will Jessica not play Chastain. the armadillo. Could be an understudy for Red or Redder. <laughs> I was like, she I don't can know also if she play wants the armadillo. to be dead. I don't know if she wants to play an armadillo. Step down for her. Close McCall. Yeah. Okay. Close McCall. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Could've... he the driver of Warlord? Oh, God. Um, He's, put, the, he's a, like the comedic relief, right? Well, kind of, but he's sort kind of like of. he's kind of like a goofy kind of like string bean uh, yeah. that kind of is, is joking around a little bit. I put Paul Dano. Really? Yeah, I put Paul Dano. As close McCall, I I don't know about. I'm sorry. Did I lose you at Paul Dano on this? I was on board. You had me with the green light and the checkbook ready. It's Paul Dano. Again, the reason that I did it is that he looks very, he looks very kind of like, he can look, and I think, 
uh correct me if i'm wrong on this but he can look very like down home country he's also a little bit skinnier what's he i can't remember close mccall that much i thought he was more kind of like a meathead guy but i guess maybe i'm yeah but i mean i I don't he was like the meathead without really having any meat so he was just kind of like a head uh i mean because i mean the guy just his big claim to fame in this whole thing was like breaking him out of a prison (laughs) (laughs) and that's really it so i don't i don't think it needs somebody too crazy I'm on board because I like Paul Dano. I just would never yeah. in a million years have picked him for anything related to this movie whatsoever. Right. So, uh, Mr. Who, who, who paired up? Because it was um, Yank Justice and was it Red or Redder? Or well, hold else on. Entirely? We have uh, we have Jennifer McGraw. There we go. I forgot. Jennifer I forgot about the McGraw. map thief anthropologist, right. whatever she was. And yeah. I said Mila Kunis. That's good. Uh, the problem is Jupiter Ascending. Not great. And well, that paired Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis. I want to give him a second chance. I want to give him a second chance. So this is the spiritual sequel to Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> Jesus Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines. <laughs> well, let's go over because uh, we've oh, got... Should, should be good. Go ahead. We've got a couple... We've, uh, we've got uh, two main, oh, bad, bad, guys. Two main yeah. bad guys that are in Smart. this. Um, one of them is uh, Mr. Big, Adrian Ravenscroft. Right. And I cast this as Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Of course, you can't have yeah. to. Kind of, I kind of, I kind of wanted him to play a villain. Yeah, you kind of need to. You know, I, I kind of thought that would be kind of fun, uh, especially because I could really see him when he gets the Fountain of Youth at the end, and they they age him back, and he just turns into Kevin Hart. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> I think that would be fun. I um, would like to see, yeah, Kevin Hart just like climb out of the shell that is. Yeah. Was Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, or maybe like a CGI'd very young from the movie Friday, Chris Tucker. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I'd have a really good time with that. Just because I, I want him just, to have a really good time with that. Just because I want him just to like very very quickly be talking like he would do like in the the fifth or the fifth element. The fifth element, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and just walk up to people and be like buzz 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 <laughs> the entire time. Super green, super green. Um, <laughs> and then I put for the butler like the intimidating butler that drives mm-hmm. that huge. Yeah, uh, how are you gonna, if Mister Big is the Rock? Who do you have for this guy? You would be thinking this. But I'm bringing this back. Mark William Calloway, otherwise known as The Undertaker. Nice. Yeah. Guy's not working okay. right now, so let's get He's him. Not. He's like finally it. retired, which He's is unbelievable. He's probably just actually chauffeuring people. Yeah. Oh, I doubout it. The guy's no, he's t- totally God, fine. Such a great, <laughs> he's totally such an fine. Awesome he's just doing voices for animated wrestlers <laughs> on Jetsons movies. <laughs> totally fine. Uh, and then I went with director. I went with uh, James Wan. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Um, I would even go, Adam McKay is unfortunately like being super serious about stuff now and being like very political and being awesome and doing a really good job at getting difficult political um, stories across. Uh, so he's like doing really good at that, but I'd love to pull him away from that serious stuff and have oh, him do yeah. something ridiculously fun with monster trucks. Oh, I just think that like with all the stuff that he has done, um, you know, especially with James Will Dorn. Ferrell, I think mm-hmm. that, Adam McKay could really could also do a great job too. But I thought for all the car, it'd be a different tone for sure. Yeah, Yeah. I thought for all the car chase kind of sequence stuff, smart. I thought that James Wan would just really kind of sell that. Who, if people aren't familiar, directed I think it was the seventh Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah, Uh, he took over for boy, I'm gonna forget his name, John Chu. Yeah, John Um, Chu, who who directed a a good amount of those. Yeah. If uh, if you're also not familiar with this. Uh, James Wan has also directed Insidious, uh, and he was uh, credited uh, for creating the 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 crazy, creepy Billy the the puppet in the Saw yeah, movies. Saw, and he and did so, the Conjuring. Yes, um, that's right. I think Conjuring, Conjuring Two. I'm not sure if he mm-hmm. did the sequel. He or did. Not. Yeah. He, well, he, and then he's he got a, he's got it. Aquaman coming up, which heavily features monster trucks. Believe it or not. Get Very out. Very strange. Yeah. Pretty weird. Ah. Uh, it's I'm like pretty... kismet. Yeah. So. Yeah. That was my first fan cast, Bigfoot and the Muscle That machines. was pretty good. All right, now, for, for plot, you don't have to go too much into it. Are you just thinking like straight adaptation from what we saw the miniseries? Just like weird race across America to save some sort of map to the Fountain of Youth? Or you want to dip into some different mythology? I mean, I, I think that I, I like the idea of Fountain of Youth. I think that that would be kind of something that would be fun. And, Especially for the Kevin Hart cameo at the end. Yeah. I really kind of see it as like big pitch is uh, Fast and the Furious meets National Treasure. I like it a lot, actually. Yeah. That is, you sold me on it. Yeah, that's we'll, what I'm. We'll talk about. about Paul Dano. 
But uh, oh, really trying to go yeah. in for Paul Dano. I'm really rooting for really, really, check really rooting for Paul Dano on this one. Yeah, I don't know why. Check. Hero of the story, Paul Dano. <laughs> Just you wait. Paul Dano is going to get an Academy Award for this role, and you're going to be like, God damn it. Damn it, Bigfoot and the Muscle Machine. Big- I just want to see how crazy James Wan can make these monster trucks. Because we had a limo that had like <laughs> rocket launchers, like oh. a weird speed ramp and turned into a tank. It's crazy shit. There's so Good much times. stuff in this. Go back and listen to those episodes because apparently we did more than one. <laughs> apparently. Uh, all my stuff are like, is that everything for Bigfoot? Yeah, that's everything, man. All my stuff, and I apologize because like, I only like hardcore fan casted and fanfic one of these. So this is just going to be like kind of a back and forth, I think, maybe. Okay. I think, I think it could be fun. I've got a couple ideas in mind here. But the ones that I pulled from were some ones that we covered a while back. And honestly, I'm not even sure when we covered them because I wasn't arsed enough to look. Um, the first one's Disney's Gargoyles. Disney's Gargoyles. And really... I just want there to be a resurgence of Disney's Gargoyles. That's really all I care about. Sean and I were talking earlier that if I happened across a genie who specifically only granted cartoon-related wishes, uh, I would want Disney's Gargoyles reboot or live-action movie to be one of those wishes. And honestly, as long as Keith David is still around, he needs to do the voice of Goliath. That's pretty much the only like rock-solid negotiation tactic that I need to have (laughs) down on paper. Everybody else can come or go. But I need Keith David to be the voice of Goliath. Okay. Beyond that, I, I, anything goes. Um, the cool thing is, talking about this as if it was uh, an actual thing that could happen, the cool thing is now, not only does Disney own it and they have a few bucks to throw around, the technology is there. I mean, we could make this thing with, with actors, actresses in mocap suits, and you would never know a difference. You would never know. I mean, they'd look, I feel like they could look amazing. Yeah. Better than the Turtles. Better than the Transformers, but I mean, these creatures could be brought to life. And they have the added benefit that they're always in the dark. <laughs> so you can cheat yeah, a bunch right. of stuff <laughs> and you don't have to worry about it. Because you're not going to see them in full light of day. And if you do, they turn to stone. So it's uh, pretty easy, too. Guys, this final render, I don't know about it. You know what? Just put another, just put another black screen back there. You're fine. Just yeah, fill it. Just, just the, another the paint, layer of shadow. It's paint fine. bucket, dip it in the black, and then <laughs> yeah. just dump it on just that entire frame. That and then copy paste it over Done. and over. You're good. Save that money. <laughs> now, I, I, would, I would love to see, and as far as plot goes, I would honestly just love to see their origin story like we did in the early days of Gargoyles. Just to see like a little bit of their history in ye olde medieval Scotland, the betrayal by the humans, and then crazy multi-billionaire David Xanatos <laughs> flies their whole freaking castle and plunks it on top of his building here in New York City. I absolutely love that. I think it's, it's crazy, it's bonkers, but it's actually like a solid Shakespearean story with a ton of action yeah a new group of heroes that we haven't seen for 20 years i i would like be over the moon if this happened but anybody else you think could play goliath no absolutely not and i, I wouldn't want that voice I, by anybody else i think the big thing that i would want to have translate into the the live action version mm-hmm. um would well one i would want the colors like the bright colors for each of them to okay. kind of like for Broadway and Lexington. Sure. Uh, I would want, They'd have to be able to be distinguished. Yeah, yeah I'd want because like my, my concern was that they just make everything like really gray. And the reason that they did that in the cartoon was that they were trying to distinguish, you know, uh, shape size, make them, you know, they were trying to probably what they were trying to do was say like, hey, guess what? We have these dies for this toy. <laughs> and oh, one, uh, yeah. could you could you please just uh, make them this color for us? It would be yeah. real super helpful. Uh, so I would I would want to see uh, something other than just like a gray or a slate or kind of like a rock color for all I, of them. I, I wouldn't even like look the Power Rangers suits when they first came out. I thought were like, like, what are you doing? But then the more I saw them kind of in action and the more I kind of got used to them, I was like, OK, I kind of dig what you're doing here with this. Um, right. I feel like you could do something where you'd have a muted color to them. Their, their size and their style and their voices kind of distinguish them anyway, but like, I feel like you could do a muted color to kind of keep Goliath's kind of like that lavender purple. It would look super weird if he was just one color purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd look like Grimace with wings flying around. It would not work. But <laughs> I, I feel like you can do enough of a weird shade to make these like otherworldly kind of creatures. And a good, I think a good VFX team could do wonders with that. I mean, look at like, uh, look at like the orcs and stuff from any of the Lord of the Rings or Hobbits. Yeah. You had like kind of greenish 
sometimes brownish, sometimes bluish ones, and they worked fine. Granted, they were practical, um, but they worked. Nobody really batted an eye that or uh, World of Warcraft. Like nobody was like a green orc. That's weird. So hmm. you can have you can have multicolored, rainbow-colored gargoyles. If anybody is looking for our our gargoyles episode, it's episode fifty. Oh, at 50. Nice. Yeah, it was episode 50, bud. Hey, you remember when we used to do like milestone episodes? Yeah. <laughs> that was fun uh, back in the day. Nope. <laughs> Man, 150 came and went. I don't even know yeah, what it was. Yeah, it was number 50. Oh. 50. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 150 kind of blew past us. Yeah, but... we kind of forgot about that one. Yeah. Do you, any other, I'm trying to think like, okay, so Keith David for Goliath. I don't want to spend too much time on this. So. You need like a good like Brooklyn, New York accent kind of guy for obviously for Brooklyn. Sure. Do you have any anybody in mind? There's a guy who's like in a bunch of cop shows. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, I think he was in uh, crap. What's the what's the one with uh, Pacey from um, Dawson's Creek? Are you talking about uh, Dawson's? Oh, Pacey. What was, from what was Dawson- the? F- Forgive me. This is unfortunately how my brain works, or sometimes doesn't work. We can cut all this out too. What was the Fox show that was sort of like a modern X-Files that was like very sci-fi, but they investigated stuff? Oh, it began it with the... an F, didn't it? Fringe. 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 Thank you. Yeah. I think the one guy was like a cop in that. Man, this is awful. I should have just looked this up. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, just like a good like uh, New York Bronx kind of accent for um, Broadway, man. Who'd be a fun one for Broadway? Um... Just like that big kind of... John Candy, Dom DeLuise, kind of like big, lovable, cuddly kind of, kind of voice. What about um, the dude from um, um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, Tyler Labine? Yeah, Tyler Labine. He plays Honk and Voltron. I think he'd be really good yeah. at that. Tyler I was Labine. actually going to say, uh, who is the female character that's in Gargoyles? So Demona. Demona? Or no, no, uh, not Demona, but the like the female human. Oh, the oh, Elisa, uh, Elisa Maza. Yeah, uh, yeah, right? uh, Maza. Uh, you could actually go to Fringe, and you could use Jessica Nicole, who is also on that show. Yeah, She's, yeah, yeah. Uh, she is the or she plays Astrid. Yeah, that'd be, um, that'd she be good. is also a voice actress, and she does uh, she does the podcast Alice Isn't Dead, which is fantastic. Okay, cool. That's a good one. I'm, yeah. I'm glad I brought this to you because I did you know no due diligence for this whatsoever. Um, the only thing the only thing I think I'd like to see. What was it? Hudson? Was Hudson like the old grandfatherly yeah. Scottish Hudson? I'd like to see the guy from Braveheart. It was like the big, like big grandfather, like father figure, the dude that got the arrow in his leg and they had to like pull it out and cauterize the wound while he just like bit down on a piece of wood and then punched somebody out. You remember that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would He's say still kicking around because he was in Wonder Woman. He was like a general in Wonder Woman. Oh, really? I was like, holy crap, this dude's oh, still here. And he's still like the, as big as the side of a barn. Yeah. I was going to say, you wouldn't, you wouldn't cast Sean Connery? I don't think this would pull Sean Connery out of retirement, do oh, you think? Oh, man. I don't know, though. Disney's got money. Disney money? Disney money, maybe. And, maybe. It's, a, and it's a voice act? It's not like a live action thing. Like, he could record True. this somewhere He doesn't somewhere have else. to get in the mocap suit. Yeah. I would say him or, like, Brendan Gleeson. Uh, Brendan okay. Gleeson would be really good, too. And he's getting up there in age, so I feel like he could probably, uh, probably do it now. Uh, oh. His name is James James <laughs> Cosmo. Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow? No, no, no. He's he's Hamish on uh, Braveheart, right? Um. Yeah, Brendan Gleeson is. He's Brendan Hamish. Gleeson is. But he's I'm Hamish. I'm talking also about he'd be good. But also James Cosmo, who's the guy that plays uh, Campbell oh, okay. in uh, Braveheart. He's like the, right. the big grandfather figure, and he's he's still kicking around. He's born in '48, but he's still around. Jesus, man. Yeah, he's what in Train Spotting. Yeah. What good dude. Good stuff. And of course you get Frank Welker to play uh, Bronx, Bronx, the dog. 100%. Yeah. Man, can't. Lexington. Who would, who's nerdy enough to play Lexington? Uh, I feel may, like, I oh. throw, may I throw somebody out really quick? It, I think we might be thinking the same thing. Go ahead. Paul Dano. Damn it. I knew you were going to say that, and that would be good. <laughs> that would be good, but I was thinking, I was thinking Thomas, Thomas Middleditch. I think he'd be really oh, good. Oh my god, like yeah, what a great nerdy, one. Nerdy, hesitant, kind of unsure. What about Kumail Nanjinani? From Silicon he'd be, Valley. He'd be good. Uh, a Scottish Indian gargoyle would be interesting. Could I see don't, that. I mean, I, I just think that he would be able to, I think he'd be able to get in there and do a bang up job with it. I think you could go with, I think you could do either or. 
I think um, I think you could too. I think you know what for you Lexington, should do? record yeah. both of their record both of them doing both of the lines at the same mm-hmm. time, and then mm-hmm. in the mix, just just combine everything together. Yeah, and, and then just that. take Lexington to some sort of like speech pathologist. Right. Something, <laughs> something has gone. He is killed wrong. in the first episode. <laughs> so Demona, who who do you have to play Demona? Who's like a good ev- evil voice? I feel like uh, Charlize Theron would have a good presence and voice for that okay yeah i could she see was that. good in in fast eight as far as being villainous uh, and having like really chewing on that maybe like a tilda swinton tilda swinton could be good i think she could be a very powerful she would want to actually woman. be like turn into a gargoyle though like, yeah she would just want to be a gargoyle you know what? And i don't know if we could stop her to be honest with you yeah. i challenge you tilda swinton to turn into yeah. a gargoyle turn you'd into, get this role she's you'd very get method, this role. like <laughs> turn into stone during the day and just hatch <laughs> and grow wings and fly across the, the landscape at night Xanatos. That's the last one. I have uh, a fun. I have a hilarious one that he would never do it because it would hurt his image. But he would be amazing. In for the some role. reason, I immediately thought Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, After seeing him in Doctor Strange, yeah, he kind of had that Xanatos <clears throat> kind of look and feel to him. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. His accent wasn't great. It kind of bothered me. All right, and I don't know. I just don't. He doesn't have the physique to kind of like pull off. Like if Tony Stark wasn't already a, a billionaire superhero, I would think, you know, Robert Downey Jr. Um, but actually Tony Robbins, I think would be amazing. as Xanatos. Holy shit. <laughs> but he'd never do it. He'd never be a villain. That would be kind of funny. What about, uh, what about, um, what about Gwendolyn uh, Christie for yes. uh, Desdemona? I've never, I guess she could kind of do the voice work. Brianna Bran- Bran- Tarth? Really... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never really thought of her as kind of like, I don't know. The only reason is because, I mean, like, we've seen her act so regal on the show, and this is like, and, and these gargoyles are kind of very prideful. Yeah, Demona's kind of tough because she has to walk that line between villain and, and good guy. She's kind of got that uh, mystique vibe from the X-Men stuff uh, originally. I mean, she's so. doing that as, a, as what is Captain uh, yeah, Phasma. Phasma. Sort of, yeah. Kind of. I don't know. Not my first choice, but we'll... we'll... We'll keep her on the list. She's on fair, the short list. Fair enough. Cool. All right, cool. Back to you. What do we All got? Right. All right. Uh, going to get into uh, the big O. <laughs> Man, you went right into that. <laughs> oh, I mean, this is my last one. So this is my... Oh, okay, cool. Oh, do you want me to build into it? No, no, no. Do good. you want me Here to do are. the theme song? Just go... Here we are. That's good oh, stuff. Man. All right. So, uh, so big O. And I, I thought this just because I... You know, I, I love a giant fighting robot movie. Who does and and the more that I, I really was kind of thinking and, and sticking with this one, I, I, I kept thinking about different like kaiju movies and different fighting robot movies that I've seen. And I thought, you know, who could really make this fun? And so I really thought it could be Guillermo del Toro sure. uh, for I mean, Pacific Rim. I mean, yeah. that would be that or uh, did you watch um, Godzilla Resurgence or I did not uh, see, Shin Godzilla? I did not see Shin Godzilla yet. All right. So I love that. and. Yeah. Uh, Hideki Anno, who mm-hmm. directed that, uh, did a killer job with it. And there was so much stuff that I feel would be so weird and so <laughs> transferable into yeah. that movie that I was like, if the two, I feel like the two of them together, they would have just made this something that would have been like bananas. Actually, speaking of anniversary episodes, and we were joking about 150, 150 yeah. was the big O. Okay, I yeah. feel okay about that. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. planned, but yeah, I like it. It wasn't planned, we did it. Though. Yeah. Um, so uh, I did for Dorothy Wainwright. Mm-hmm. I went with Chloe who's, Grace. Who's kind of like an android character. Yeah. I went with a uh, kick-ass actress, uh, Chloe Grace. Uh, is it Moritz? Yeah, or Moretz. Or Moretz. Not sure which way. Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah. Uh, I thought that she was somebody I that I think that she can do. I think she's a phenomenal actress. So I think yeah. that this would be something that would really be in her wheelhouse. Um, she, like, despite the smaller stature, she is such a badass woman. And I feel yeah. that that's what Dorothy Wainwright sort of is, is somebody that upon first appearance, you make the assumption that, you know, she's, she's smaller than you. She can kind of be pushed around. And then we've seen, in, uh, like from watching the cartoon, that scene where the, the, the general um, tries to drag her and yeah. she's just like, you are she's not like capable. a literal tongue. You are not yeah. capable of this. <laughs> or when, uh, even when Roger Smith threatens to get her out of the car and she's just like, I don't think that you could do that, Roger Smith. And yeah. you're just like, oh, yeah, okay. Or when she just like puts a dude through a wall, but just like, yeah. click. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be um, fun. That'd be a fun role. And I, uh, so 
little bit of debate about who I would cast for Roger Smith. You're jumping right to Roger. You're not going. Uh... Oh no no okay I'll build up all right yeah build um, up to Roger. So uh, we have uh, Norman mm-hmm. uh, who's the butler. Mm-hmm. Um, and Basically so... like a more badass Alfred Pennyworth. Right. And I know so... I'm gonna start some shit with that, but come at me. I was thinking Jeffrey Tambor. Or I was thinking J.K. Simmons. I'm going to go J.K. Simmons on this one. And you go J.K. Simmons on this I'm one? I'm going to go J.K. Simmons. Has he worn an eye patch before? We know that Tambor has, hasn't he? Uh, I don't actually know. I think, didn't, didn't he as uh, uh, Bluth at one point? Wasn't he wearing an eye patch? I feel, <laughs> like, he, pro- I feel like he had to at some point. <laughs> and even if not, in my mind, it exists. So it's fine. All right. I'm going to give the edge to Simmons on this one because, right. um, what's his name? Norman kind of had an edge to him. I don't know yeah, okay. that we ever got to see a whole lot of it, but it I mean, was not, kind not of like... The, not in the couple episodes that we watched, but no, you're right. No, but later in the series, yeah, he does yeah. kind of have that like special forces kind of edge to him. Yeah. Like he jumps on the back of like a Gatling gun and is like <laughs> yeah, firing and just rounds and shit. Yeah, tears up. And yeah. I feel like J.K. Simmons would nail that. Um, we have uh, Major Dan uh, Dastin. Okay, uh, that was like the major, like yeah. the, the general, the, right. the police major. Exactly. Okay. Um, He's kind of got the uh, the very distinct yeah. uh, kind of scars on his face, yeah. and I, I cast this actor because I, I really I really do enjoy him, uh, Mickey Rourke. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I thought Mickey Rourke because I'm looking for somebody who can look militant. I'm looking for somebody who can be intimidating, but I'm also looking for somebody who can like kind of smile and make a weird joke, and you're just kind of like, get out of my fucking house, and he's just yeah. like. Nobody okay. invited you, Mickey Rourke. Nobody invited you, you, Mickey Rourke. House? Get out. Uh, I have for, uh, for Angel. Who was Angel again? She was the, uh, she later on is sort of like, a, like an informant. Uh, okay. She's kind of infiltrating. Also love people. interest? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, also kind okay. of potential love okay. interest for Roger Smith. I put mm-hmm. Uma Thurman. Hmm. That'd be good. We haven't seen her in much lately. And she's the best. So she's I don't know best. why she's not. I don't, I don't know why she's not in everything. Uma, open invitation to my house. Anytime. Right. Always welcome. Just so, not with Mickey Rourke. Uh, big, big bad. I thought you were going to say big our, O. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> big O is, of course, as we talked about, Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Bruce Willis. Climb on <laughs> in, in. Inside of a bigger Bruce Willis. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> we have uh, Schwartzwald. Right. Uh, who is there? Who is the, uh, he's the pilot of Big Duo. Yes. Uh, the rival to the Big O, piloted by uh, Roger Smith. But for mm-hmm. uh, Schwartzwald, I put Paul Dano. Damn it. Are you serious what right up? now? Paul Dano. Oh, Dano. Well, I, I mean, thought you were going to go. Um... Well, he shows up unassuming as a reporter originally, okay. and then his face is practically bandaged, yeah. and he's laughing maniacally for pretty much the entire rest of the series. You want that to be Paul Dano? I, I was thinking more. Paul Dano. I was thinking more. What is this Paul Dano kick? Well, I was thinking more. <laughs> you, can, uh... you can thank Aviv uh, Rubenstein for <laughs> oh, good. this Paul Dano kick. He's Aviv is off camera, slipping <laughs> pieces of paper that say Paul Dano to Sean over and over. It's really weird. Uh, I was thinking Christoph Waltz for that. Okay, yeah. Kind of same level that. of like unassuming, never know what you're quite going to get, and then all of a sudden, oh, he's crazy. I like Christoph Waltz for that. Yeah, yeah. I could see I, Paul Dano. I, I can see Paul Christoph- Dano for a lot of these things because he is very talented. Very I could see I could see Christoph Waltz for this as well. Like yeah. I, insanely talented. And his name's Schwartzwald, so I feel like yeah. he's got it. <laughs> you, his name is essentially already there. Yeah. yeah. Eh, kind of a tip of the hat. So I like it. I'm really curious though. I am uh, so I'm gonna go with uh, my final final person here, Roger Smith. Um and I don't I don't know. I don't know if I got this one right. Uh because I was kind of looking for somebody that needs to be really slick, really smooth, uh, very judgmental very quickly. Um, but I'm also looking for somebody who, as we've talked about on X-Men, Wolverine and X-Men has skipped leg day, uh, but only concentrated on uh, chest, shoulders, and arms. I've got literally three people in mind now, just from you saying that. Okay. So I, I kind of thought about this, and so... Uh, I don't know. I'm going to start with the one that I, I was kind of iffy on, and then I'll, I'll, I'll round out with the one that I was really excited about. Okay. So uh, my first kind of 50-50 choice was Scott Eastwood. Not a bad choice. Yeah, I actually. think so. That's um, not a bad choice. He was, he was good in, uh, what, Fast 8? Yeah. Um, 
for the small role that he had. He had some chemistry or some uh, charisma to it. Yeah. I like that. I think he could do that. Unassuming, under the mm-hmm. radar. I like it. Dark yeah. Horse candidate. Pretty nice. Uh, runner, uh, I think my, my top runner, my choice for this, uh, <clears throat> which might be a little bit challenging because this could then obviously be seen as a spiritual successor to another film. Um, if this person is cast as Roger Smith alongside of If you said Charlie Dor- Hunnam, I'm shutting this whole thing I'm down. Not, no, 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 dude. No. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Uh, he's another one that I'm not, I'm just not the biggest fan of. Okay. I, 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 I As a producer that, of this movie, I'm not the biggest fan. I, I would I prefer was, to cast Paul Dano in multiple roles. <laughs> I just, you know, I was looking at somebody, I was looking, I, I loved, uh, I loved ATJ in uh, Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass 2. Yeah. Uh, and, and unbeknownst to me, I had to go and relook this up. He was Quicksilver in yeah. Avengers Age of Ultron. And that yeah. blew my mind. I totally forgot that that was him. He That's was just... how much he was transformed into that role. And dude is big and bulky looking now. Yeah. Well, from... he was just in uh, The Wall. In, oh, uh, was he? A little indie kind of war movie called The Wall with John Cena. And don't, don't you know, hear that name and think, oh. Um, I like John Cena. Yeah, exactly. So it was a uh, who was that? I can't think of the director off the top of my head. But anyway, it was a, it was a small kind of indie feeling war movie. So he's still kicking around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that he does really good work too. So cool. that was kind of my. Uh, I'd go ATJ um, as somebody that I think could really Short could really them. kind of dig into it and okay. uh, and could really now that uh, from Kick Ass now that I mean the guy's been knocked and beat around a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, his, his voice has definitely gotten a lot more uh, bassy since then. And so I feel like he could be somebody who, you know, and also I was looking at his IMDb page right now. Mm-hmm. And it's this really, really kind of stylized sort of like black and white of him like in a suit. And I was like, fuck, yeah, of course I want him okay. now. So damn I like it. it. Yeah, I like it. I would suggest to add to the short list. Uh, I had one earlier and it escaped me. So I've only got two of them now. Uh, Henry Cavill. If you have not seen Man from Uncle, check that out. It's an underrated Guy Ritchie flick, Henry Cavill and uh, Army Hammer. And wait, you mean like Henry Cavill as like from Superman? Yeah, uh... he's not he's not great in Superman because honestly his script doesn't allow him to like smile or have fun. Okay, uh, but honestly, if you see Man from Uncle or if you see some of his other work, he's really charming, charismatic, and can have a lot of fun and can definitely pull off a tuxedo. Yeah, I mean, 100%. he was in Tudors for a while, so I mean, okay. if you're looking for if you're looking for sexy Henry Cavill, I was thinking yeah, Fastbender, but I'm kind of over Fastbender, so I think I'm gonna pull that one back too. I just I feel like Fastbender uh, could also do a good Schwarzwald if need be. That would be interesting. I think that he could do that, but I, I think I'm for, just bringing out all the Germans. Yeah, I know, but I think well, for somebody, I, I I think uh, I think for somebody who just you know kind of very like broad. Uh, very big and a little bit intimidating. Paul Dano. Um, yeah. God damn. It. I did this to myself. No, I hate, <laughs> I hate really me. Did. I hate me. <laughs> but I'm, it's going to come back to bite me too, I'm sure. So yeah, that was I my, that was my cast. casting for Big O. I think it's a pretty good cast. I'm yeah, more thanks. excited about Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines. I, I kind um, of am too, but I, I really yeah. wanted to do one that I thought would be a comedy and one that I thought would kind of be like an action uh, dramedy. I am straight up all just action. Like the three that I picked in my mind for the cartoon genie all action honestly uh the next one i'll just are you all done with uh yeah yeah that's all big o man the next one is like another one that i'd love to see come back only to like complete the story even if it was a cartoon reboot uh i think it'd be super cool as live action neither of these will probably ever happen pirates of dark water yeah just want to see a resolution to that story and this who doesn't this is a lot of people, I'm sure. Most people are just like, the fuck is, really? even is that? I think, I think most people who our are fans, yeah. our fans. Yeah. yeah. This is going to be controversial. Oh. And it comes with a lot of caveats. Because Paul I don't, Dano. Not Paul Dano. Because he needs a haircut, a workout routine, a protein shake, and a blender. Oh. Um, no, it comes with some caveats because I don't think he's there yet. <clears throat> And he doesn't have a whole lot of time to get there before this window of opportunity would close. For, for Ren, for the prince. Okay. It's so weird because each of these characters are like people of color. 
but they're also like sometimes blonde haired and blue eyed. So it's kind of like, what are you supposed to be? Like, are you just super tan or are you like a person of like a, an equatorial region or, or some sort of tropical. I was always fascinated by that as a kid, that their skin tones were something that like I had never really seen. Bloth is like the whitest, palest, grossest cancer lump that you've ever seen. And I love that. I love that he like represents just like fat, white, gross. (laughs) (laughs) but like everybody else is kind of like a a darker skinned hero yeah now this is going to go against what i'm going to suggest for ren okay zach efron okay i actually i can see that if you look at zach efron i mean first of all the guy's like stupidly ripped and has been for the baywatch movies and whatever else he's done lately they're trying to like force him into that sex symbol thing he probably enjoys that himself i don't know he seems like that kind of guy but if he wanted to take, if he wanted to stop doing these kind of like cheesy R-rated frat kind of comedies and like expand a little bit, I think he'd be cool as Ren. I think he'd be cool as like the, the young kind of prince leader of this, this ragtag pirate crew. He kind of looks the part. I can't really think of anybody else who kind of looks the part right now. Uh, did I don't I, know. Controversial. Did, did you, I, not, I don't think it's that controversial. Did you I see Mike and Dave? controversial. It's controversial, Dave. Yeah. Did you see Mike and Dave need wedding dates? I did not. I'm, I'm going to say this. Yeah. Sleeper comedy that I saw really? last year. It was really, really unbelievably funny. And I guess maybe I was in kind of that silly mood when I watched it. Yeah. Uh, but it was him and Adam Devine, Adam Kendrick, Audrey Plaza. And so yeah. for me, it was just, it was a, a cast of three or four actors and actresses yeah. that I, I really enjoy watching on screen that just had very silly chemistry together. So your suggestion is take that cast, put it on a boat, Pirates of Darkwater. Done. Yeah, Aubrey Plaza. Who Aubrey plays, Plaza who plays be, Nibbler? Aubrey Plaza would be the best Nibbler. She's the best Nibbler. She, having seen her as Lenny in Legion and yes. have gotten caught up, Ooh. she can do anything. She's a great Nibbler. She's, She's a, great a great monkey bird. Yep. Who, who would you cast as Isles? And I think we've talked about this before, but Isles is like a weird character because he's slightly older, but you can't go too old. Like I'd love to go um, with a younger, uh, either Benicio del Toro. Or even, um, oh my God, played Anton Chigurh, was in the Bond movie. My brain is just complete Swiss cheese. No, it's days. okay. So this this might be. Uh... No, no. Who who was the guy? Who was the guy who played uh, the villain in No Country for Old Men and was the villain in one of the recent Bond movies? And <clears throat> Javier Bardem. Okay. You if were those guys Javier were Bardem? twenty years younger, <laughs> I think they'd make a great Ios. Or Danny well, Trejo would make a great Ios if he was 20 years younger. Oh, Danny Trejo would make a great He'd be amazing. Ios. I was actually thinking, and this is hard because, uh, well, I love this show. I, I love Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. And so I think Kim Coates. Yeah, actually. Or even uh, Tommy Flanagan. I love Tommy Flanagan. Tim He's completely uh, wasted and... in the Guardians movie, but uh, yeah. Tommy Flanagan's pretty awesome. I think Tig and Chibs could really make a great Ios. I feel like they'd be good pirates on like, Bloth's ship or something like that. See, but. but that's the challenge. Like you're saying that you wouldn't want to waste their talent in sort of that background yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two way. Like yeah. I would really want them to be up there and shine. And like I think I think Coates uh, does a great job in anything that he's in. And I was so excited to see Flanagan in Guardians, and I was like, Oh, are we gonna see more? Is he gonna do cool stuff? Nah. Like let him do cool stuff. Nah. Plus, like it's aligned. Plus, I know just because, uh, like, you know, having done research on Tam- Tommy Flanagan, like, mm-hmm. those scars are real. Yeah, like, that's a fucked up story. There's no makeup that's necessary, and that guy's just fucking badass to begin with. That's been, like, a, a hallmark of his career, though, like, over the last, what, 30 years? Yeah, I mean, had those anything from, yeah. from Braveheart to Gladiator to Sin City, I mean, this dude's been in tons and tons of stuff, and he's just a great actor. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. I still, I still want to go Danny Trejo. It's crazy, but I think... That'd be amazing. Danny Trejo and Zac Efron on a pirate ship. That's nuts. I, I mean, have, I think yeah. I think it's funny. Like, I think it's a funny contrast. Yeah. But I, I'd, I, I'd, would work. I would wonder if Danny Trejo would like I, I want somebody that like I actually feel something about. And at the end of the day, the only emotion I feel towards Danny Trejo is just like, hope that guy doesn't stab me. I feel like for maybe some of these other guys, like they could add a little bit more yeah. emotional depth to the story. Which I think actually has 
the story of Pirates of Dark Water has a significant oh, amount yeah, definitely. of emotional depth. And if you're looking to check out our episode, it's episode 10 nice. of the yeah, podcast. Nice, it was an early one. And yeah, my last one tonight is going to be an even earlier poll. But I know. For, for Tula, real quick, I was thinking uh, Kaya Scodelario. I have no clue if I'm saying her name right or not, but I'd kind of like a person of color for Tula. I don't know. Priyanka Chopra could be interesting. Okay. I'm trying to think of a more like a... Man, if I could have like a young Selma Hayek, younger Selma Hayek, that'd be amazing. You could probably just get Selma Hayek. I mean, she's still Selma Hayek, 15, Selma Hayek still Danny Trejo, and Zac Efron. What a, what a pirate <laughs> ship this is. I mean, let's be honest. Selma Hayek, she's like, what, 50? And she's still incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If this was like Pirates of Dark Water in real time, 20 years <laughs> later when everybody's aged up, Val Kilmer as Ren. Val Kilmer's let himself go a little bit. Ren would be need to get back in shape, but... <laughs> Yeah, it'd be fun. I honestly, that's one that I think I'd like to see more as a, a cartoon reboot, maybe a limited series or a one-off movie, just to tie everything up. That'd make okay. me happy. All right. <clears throat> and who uh, who would you get to direct it? And I'm going to say this uh, because this is who I think modern day and age would want to direct this. Yeah. Based off of only the fact that they came back to reboot, uh, or not reboot, but to continue a show, I would go David Lynch. <laughs> David Lynch's Pirates of Darkwater. The Darkwater would be the t- most terrifying thing you've oh ever seen. Oh my god, in life. it'd be great. They would It'd just have so faces fucking... in it. I would go yep. Gore Verbinski. I would go back to the original Pirates of the Caribbean and okay. give it back to Gore Verbinski because I think that could be fun. The more recent ones with different directors have not Ooh. been. <laughs> Disney, use your money towards. You guys already bought a ship. You already have ships and pirates. Give it to Warner Let's Brothers. Just... Let's just give it to somebody <laughs> and else and let, let them, them do it for a little while. Stop. Let them waste their money. Stop. Fuck. I swear <laughs> to God, if you get Michael fucking Bay to direct any of the any IP of that we talked about tonight, any of these. I'm fucking done. Only, I'm fucking you can done have with Ultra this. Force. You can have, I don't even know what I'm You can have Ace Ventura Pet Detective. You can, you have, can have Emergency Plus Four. I don't, give, I don't give a fuck. That's it. All right. Uh, Your last one. My last one. And this is one that I'm actually like serious about, have put some effort and thought into <laughs> and it's not going to come as a surprise to people who've heard me talk about this show quite a bit so i'm going to set it up this way it's a it's it's a heightened drama right so it's got science fiction elements to it <clears throat> sure but it's it's got a military kind of theme to it but not one that you're used to seeing so we're not in a theater of war here with the main characters the war is kind of a background thing that's going on sort of like how it is in real life and kind of has been for a lot of us for generations Sure. So the war is kind of a background thing. It's present. It's in the news. It's going on, but it's kind of like at arm's length. We don't really pay attention to it too much. This one focuses more on veterans of war and soldiers from different branches of the military services who have either been other than honorably discharged, discharged for medical reasons, uh, or discharged for psychiatric reasons. So let's say an ace pilot from the Air Force who has Tons of commendations, commendations uh, from over the years, excellent record, but was other than honorably discharged for some sort of maybe a training accident, maybe um, disobeying orders. He's got a real stubborn streak and he doesn't follow orders and he's very um, selfish and out for himself and very self-centered. So he gets discharged and he becomes sort of a, a drunk He's kind of flying these, these stupid kind of like stunt shows for fun just to keep his adrenaline up. And he's just kind of roaming, roaming the countryside looking for some sort of purpose in his life. And then we've got uh, a former, uh, former Navy SEAL who during either, again, either a training operation or maybe like a covert op, lost the use of his legs in sort of an underwater explosion. Lost the use of his legs. So the only okay. way that he can sort of get around now, he does a lot of... Uh, physical therapy and things like that, but he's in the pool all the time because that's the okay. only way that he feels like back in his natural element, the only way that he feels kind of uh, mobile again. And he, right. has, he has the, uh, the prosthetic legs and everything, but he doesn't, he feels separate. He feels like part man, part machine. So he feels separate from that. Okay, little phantom limb. Little phantom limb syndrome going on. And he feels, he's got to like support a family and he's got all this pressure on him and he feels like a failure because of all this. That's the mental thing that's kind of going on through him. So we've got one guy dealing with adrenaline junkie, alcoholic going on there. We've got another guy dealing with um, physical therapy, the guilt trip, trying to support his family. And then we've got 
another guy who was in the army and because of an op that went bad, everything went sideways, he's now got like severe PTSD. So in order to combat that, he's come home, but it's really ruined his family situation. They've given him a therapy assistance dog to kind of like help with his issues and that helps, but none of the psychological evaluations or none of the psychiatric training or medication or anything really seems to help. And he doesn't know quite what's wrong. So, of course, if we're talking about the Air Force guy, we're talking about Ace McLeod. Yep. And if you've got that guy in mind, picture like a guy maybe in like his late 30s, aviators on, bomber jacket, sitting at a bar, drinking his sorrows away, getting in fights, flying crazy stunts all the time. Bradley Cooper is my guy. Oh, okay. Bradley Cooper is my guy. Yeah, I can see that a lot. Now, if we're talking the Navy SEAL guy, this one probably is not going to be quite as familiar. Um, Typically, Max Ray, I'm going to change it up a little bit, throw some diversity at him with Max Reyes, and I'm going to go with Michael Mando, who a lot of people would probably know from uh, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. It's kind of the main guy there. Yeah. Um, Nacho Varga is his name on those. He was also in uh, Orphan Black. He's been in a lot of, like, TV stuff. He's kind of the young guy, the young gun. So sort of going to be kind of like the heart of this team, right? And now if we're talking about the Army guy, I'm going to go Jake Rockwell, same name, but we're going to go with Mike Coulter because I think Mike Coulter would kill at this part. So we're talking Luke Cage. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on board with that. Yeah. I like, I like this a lot. So the, the whole premise of, obviously we're talking Centurions, the whole premise of my take on Centurions is you've got these kind of like broken individuals with a lot of military expertise and training who can no longer use that to feel like they can benefit society. So they have to find a way to kind of get back into things. And the only way that that's extended to them is through the Centurions program. Now there's a whole nother plot that I'm not going to get into, but this is something I've put like a lot, a stupid amount of thought into. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I would, I would avoid using the fact or saying that they are broken to saying that they individually feel like they are broken. They're not, they're not broken broken no no they're 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 each they're down they're 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 dealing dealing with a lot of guilt and a lot of uh, like we said so we've got alcoholism and addiction we've got feelings of guilt and failure and we've got legitimate like ptsd so these are all things that real veterans i mean real people in general but specifically military veterans after they've been discharged one way or the other deal with and i mean i was really inspired by um a friend of mine from high school he actually has shown up I'm not going to say his name here because, you know, I don't know if he wants that out there. He has been on a couple of commercials, though, where there's like a, a dog in a shelter and the lady looks at the dog and she's like, he's been through some rough stuff. And this guy kind of like kneels down and you see that he's got a prosthetic leg and he's like, I totally get it. He's like, I understand or whatever. It's a nice kind of like shelter dog thing. He's done a lot of work for uh, wounded warrior veterans that that come home and have disabilities and have prosthetic limbs and like getting back into all that so like that heart that side of the story is something that i'd love to inject into a centurion's plot because let's face it centurions by itself is bonkers and it's pretty shallow and it's just a straight-up action film but i really feel like with cartoons like that you can take the the nuggets that they offered you and actually craft like a decent story around it so that's something i'd i'd really love to see uh, as far as who's going to play Lucy the orangutan, I have no idea. Probably Andy Serkis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'd just love to see Mike Coulter with a, with a German Shepherd uh, being mm-hmm. badass. Uh, it, I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think Bradley Cooper could kill the role. Probably like a Jessica Chastain for um, Crystal. Crystal. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. That's, that's my take on Centurions. I like that. I like that. We a lot. could talk probably for about an hour about all the plot stuff that I'd, I'd I, have I to really, go to, but I really I'll tease feel like people. the tone and the the setting that you've created for this world really, really contrasts with the catchphrase of power so, power okay. extreme. Okay, so here you go. Alright, so, I want to get into this. So the the all the tech is kind of like there's an interesting undercurrent of how all this tech comes about that I'm not gonna get into here, but Basically, they're still kind of working on it and tweaking it. So all this stuff is a test pilot, test program. Uh, Reese Darby would play Rex Charger. No! Who is the sort of the energy expert who's kind of a tech behind all these things and is like walking these guys through the training program and making them do stupid stuff. So he's kind of like the nerd behind the desk. Also possibly Paul Dano. Uh, He's kind of the nerd behind the desk who's taking these soldiers who... If you know anybody who's been in the Air Force or Marines or Army or Navy or any division, they always kind of have this interesting camaraderie with each other and kind of like good-natured rivalry 
with soldiers from other groups, right? So like an Air Force guy may not get along with an Army guy and vice versa. So they had this kind of like built-in um, camaraderie because they've all served, but they didn't serve together and they served in different branches. So they kind of have a good-natured rivalry. Rex doesn't have that. Rex is a tech guy. He's a nerd. So he's going to make them do stuff that he has the power. He's, he gets to say that he has the power. So when he's like syncing these guys up with their suits or whatever, he's like, oh, I'm going to need you to say, uh, I'm going to need you to just say something to sync these suits up. Uh, just say power extreme is like something stupid like that. Like you can work, okay. you can work fun, silly catchphrases into it. Yes. I'm going to work doc terror in. Yes. I'm going to work hacker in. Oh, yes. Boy. I'm going to work in the traumatizers, the ground borgs and the strafers, but in fun ways, like not, not super cheesy ways. Not G.I. Joe um, movie ways. There's, there's so many ways that you could make these things better that we just haven't done yet. So Centurions okay. is one of them. It's not going to be a downer. It's definitely going to be like a fun kind of uplifting action movie. But I needed to have that kind of like heart at the center of it to take these people who felt like they were broken and they could not contribute anymore and give them a way to like not only be put back together internally, mentally, but also learn how to like work together as a team to use your strengths to help the other's weaknesses and account for those. It's a really good kind of like team, team movie. Got it. Yeah. I like it. Cool. That's all I got. Green, greenlit. Greenlit. Here's all the money. It's in bucks that just say power extreme. I love it. I love yeah. it. Just wait till, uh, oh my God, what's the Native American guy? What's the Native American guy that oh, shows up? I completely forget. It Obviously, was Rex, Sin- Rex Charger was the, the other guy, right? What was... Uh, just for anybody following along, Centurions is episode five <laughs> of the podcast. So that is going back quite some time. That goes way back, and I will bring it up as often as I can because I love it, and I want that to be a movie. I mean, obviously, it, like when we say that this was a while ago, uh, we released that episode August 16th of 2014. <laughs> That's crazy to me. Yeah, I know, I know. That's crazy to me. Oh, the other fun thing was I is John Thunder. Is the other guy that comes in, the Native American John Thunder. We're gonna we're gonna skirt around that one for the moment. We're gonna but not you know touch what? I that think one. that that could actually be really great because I think that you could actually get a phenomenal Native American actor to play that role. A thousand percent. And the the spoiler alert for anybody out there who wants to be a super fan of this movie that'll never get made. The ending of this essentially opens up. If you remember watching like Justice League, when you have that kind of core cast of characters, and then they open it up to what Justice League Unlimited, and they have like a thousand superheroes that come in. Yeah. My idea for Centurions is kind of the same thing. So open it up beyond just like, oh, we've got five people that represent all races and creeds and nationalities. Really open it up so it's kind of like an international group that isn't just militarized, but is an emergency response team, is a crisis response team. So you've, okay. got, you've got people responding to natural disasters. You've got people responding to terrorist attacks. You've got people working in, in tech to take down like, uh, cyber criminals and things like that. It's basically like every aspect of life. You've got healers, you've got response medics, you've got uh, search and rescue teams, all kind of stuff. Really expand the the Centurions gallery out to a bunch of other people. But that's for the sequel. Which is Justice League Dark. You've got people dealing with hauntings and supernatural yeah, stuff. Yeah, you've got... You've John got, Constantine <laughs> makes a comeback. You've got Exorcist exosuits. <laughs> you've got Ghostbuster Proton Exos, Exosquad exorcist exosuits done which is again bruce willis in a russian yeah. doll sequence of yeah progressively just, smaller or bigger bruce willis it's the bones of bruce willis used as an exosuit i think Jesus. that says it all yeah wow bon- i would love if there's a hollywood producer that was like get me the bones of bruce willis <laughs> probably harvey weinstein let's be honest <laughs> bring me the bones of bruce willis oh man I think I'm spent. I gotta go write that all down, but I think I'm spent. Mm. What about you, buddy? Anything else? No, I'm good, man. This was interesting to do uh, to do a fan cast. Cool. If you're so. a weird Hollywood producer out there listening to this show for some ungodly reason, just give us a call. Oh, man, I was gonna say, the bones of Bruce Willis, I was, uh, that could have been Alan Rickman. Oh, sad oh. face. Actually, Powers, Powers Booth could have played an interesting part in my Centurions movie, too, but R.I.P., unfortunately. So, yeah. Yeah. And Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. Get, you'll get those bones one day, buddy. We'll get those bones. You're the best. We'll get those bones. <sighs> All, All right, right. Dude, What are you up to in the next couple of weeks for our listeners out there? 
Hey guys, as always, I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that's called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. You can find dates, times, and tickets witdc.org. And I'm always on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul Ellis. Fantastic. You can find me on Twitter at DrClawMD. You can also find me on Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveTrumbo.com, as well as Centurion slash Fan dash Fic.com. I don't think that's a real thing. If you're interested in finding out more about this show, please feel free to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, just like Centurions, it's morning with a U. You can also find us on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page. Keep the conversation going on Facebook and listen to our free audio podcast each and every week through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. If you have a suggestion for a future episode or just want to drop us your pitch for a cartoon live action movie, Send it to SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. I think that's going to wrap it up for our crazy, lazy month of chit-chat. What you got? Uh, I was just going to give a quick shout-out to, uh, to Arch It or uh, oh, yeah, Arch yeah. IT, uh, Jack Connolly. Uh, we've got Always Bobby Anthem. Always Bobby Anthem. Uh, and, and what's the last one? Is it uh, Movie Babies? Uh, for being so cool and for uh, for dropping us lines and messages on Twitter, thank thank you guys. Can't appre- we appreciate it as always. So yeah. thank you for all your likes and your retreats. And a happy belated birthday to Bobby Anthem. We'll see you yes. sometime soon. Thank you, Bobby. Hi right, guys. As always, thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Our extreme. Nice. Now say it like Reese Darby. Oh, I need yeah, to hear no, him. I, I need know, to exactly. hear. Power, ex- power Extreme. Uh, no, yikes. Terrible. <laughs> See you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.